Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network. We are back from a little hiatus as we prepare to enter the month of July, hoping that the NHL season will soon be starting again and we will finally get the 2020 playoffs that we've all been waiting for. And just as the NHL always loves to do, just creating chaos about all the decisions that they made within the draft and the Rangers' chances of getting the number one pick because Team E, who is a mystery team, won the lottery. So we will see where uh, the odds stack up with the Rangers and the other teams that are currently in the playing round. So we'll cover all of that. And, you know, the Rangers are preparing to, uh, you know, make a playoff run. And, you know, there's just a lot to talk about. So, Andy, how, how is your little hiatus break? How you doing? Uh, I'm doing all right. It was there wasn't much to talk about, and now it seems like there's much to talk about. Uh, the draft lottery was oh, I loved it. I was smiling from ear to ear because my you know the whole time I'm watching with few things. There, te- you know, I really I did because I didn't really consider it a possibility. I I did want Detroit to win first overall. Um, yeah, just because I I know they've had a, a rough year. And you kind of root for teams that are in dire straits to do to do well. Um, but uh, I mean, I loved it. I you know, I, uh, off the hop, I loved that the Devils didn't win. Thank God. I would have I would have been so mad if they had won yet another first overall. So that's good. Um, and yeah, just that the second you saw that Detroit, uh, <laughs> they flipped that four around. It was Detroit. I was like, oh shit. And then obviously the rest is history and wow. Uh, my, my wife, cause I was giggling like an idiot. My wife is like, what, what is so funny? Like, what are you doing? And I'm, and I'm like, you don't understand. I'm like the Rangers now can, can, uh, if they get bounced in the first round, they can win first overall. So, uh, I mean, I'm honestly, it's, it's a silver lining for me because, uh, although in the, it, Alexi Lafreniere would be amazing and a hell of a consolation prize. I I've kind of made my peace with the fact that 
you know, this is a team that's on an upward trajectory. And yes, they still have their issues and their, their places they need to improve and fill themselves out. But, you know, I think it's like, yeah, you want them to take steps. So, and you, especially with some of these organizations where everyone's like, well, man, I hope, uh, feeling bad that Buffalo didn't, uh, didn't get it or, you know, all these other teams. But yeah, I mean, it's just, I don't, I want the Rangers to, to be on the ascent and not be like have a losing culture. So if, I mean, you listen, if they, if they legitimately get bounced by a Carolina team, which is probably a little bit more balanced, uh, then yeah, that's fine. I, I totally get it. But you don't, you hear all these things about like, Oh no, these teams are going to like tank. Like, no, they're not. And like, I don't, <clears throat> what is your, what are your thoughts on that? All these people who are claiming that teams are going to try to tank the, uh, their playing round. Well, the the funniest thing I heard on uh, NHL radio was um, that the Canadians have already pulled their goaltender, and <laughs> that is funny, and that they will start the game with no goalie. Uh, that's maybe the that's maybe the one team where because I'm not a I'm not as much of a conspiracy guy. I'm not like oh my god, like the, the draft lottery is fixed kind of guy. You know, I, I mean, outside of like Pittsburgh uh, twice, but other than that, uh, but. I mean, yeah, that that's the one scenario I could see because that would be the biggest thing to happen to that franchise in uh, 30 years, right? You yeah. Know, whenever they won the, the cup last. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Yeah, if they know. win, I definitely think the, the fix might have been in. But all <laughs> in all, I mean, Canadians don't have a shot at beating Pittsburgh. So no. if Pittsburgh lost, then I would be like, did they throw it? Because that's... That's cra- like that would be crazy. That's the biggest that would be the biggest upset of the play in series for sure. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, and yeah. And, you know, if the Coyotes end up winning this pick, I have to just hand it like I'm done with the draft. Like it's Taylor Hall just owns the first <laughs> overall pick. Yeah, I was thinking about what result would make me the most angry. And I think it would be Taylor Hall nabbing a team yet another, which is funny because he's almost like. He he himself is like a uh, like a hex or a brand. It's like he's a he's like a, a blessing and a curse. It's like your team. I mean, as, you know, obviously he had that one year with New Jersey where he won the heart, where he was very good. But you know, other than that, you know, a he wins all these teams uh, first overall picks, but they all ha- get rid of him for, or trade him or, or he leaves for whatever reason. So I mean, yeah, yeah, I, that would that would be uh, that would, people would would be pretty upset with that. Yeah, and another thing before we get into like what it would mean for the Rangers to get the first overall or realistically where they probably would end up drafting. Um, so uh, listening to the radio, uh, I forget who it was, but he brought up a, a, a pretty interesting point. And it was that he was glad that this happened because the draft in general, like you're being rewarded for being a bad team. So the bad organizations are constantly getting rewarded with the best players, but that's like the point of any draft really is to keep a balance between, you know, the good teams and the bad teams. Yeah. And he said that the bottom, the bottom, the bottom, like 10 teams of the league should pretty much all have the same odds to get the first overall pick. And his, his thought process was because it's not really fair to the players. And he goes, and and realistically, when a player gets put onto the bad team, they all of a sudden inherit the organization. And if they don't succeed, it's their fault. And it's really to no fault of their own. Because you saw it happen with McDavid. 
now the now the team success pretty much falls on him. You know, it's it's always going to be like McDavid and the Oilers miss the playoffs, not the Oilers miss the playoffs. So he was basically saying as a way to protect those players, you know, if you finish at the bottom of the league, you know, you, you know, at the bottom third of the league, you have a, sh- a legit shot at that first overall pick. And then the second, third, like the, the you know, the, the 10 to 20 range teams have, you know, a slimmer shot. And then pretty much the, the top third has like pretty much no shot. And they're pretty much going to be picking at their their order. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? And and as a player perspective, I can I kind of get it. Like I no, I I yeah, I, I I agree with what you're saying. Uh, it's tough because a lot of people don't like the lottery format currently, but they don't like it. For, a lot of them don't like it for different reasons. There are some people that claim it's too, it's not. It doesn't do enough to help those teams because they don't feel like if you're the worst team in the league, they don't like that you're not absolutely guaranteed. But like obviously, you can't. I mean, you know, the, what I think some of the outrage over this, if let's say they cut the, the play in format um, or the like for the play in teams, if they cut it somewhere and uh, Winnipeg and I guess would it be Chicago or, mm-hmm. uh, I, you know, whatever two teams don't uh, make it to the to the next to the play in, like if they just cut the whole thing by by two teams. And so Winnipeg would have been in that spot for Team E. I don't, and so Winnipeg would have won the first overall pick. I don't think you'd have as much outrage over this. It's the fact that a lot of people are upset because, uh, you know, a you're doing this before the play play uh, play ins and the playoffs have even happened. So they, they philosophically disagree with that because they want to know uh, who it's going to be because you know they don't want it. They don't want it to. Leave, they, they didn't want to leave it to chance that it would be a team that is like good and just gets like bounced. Like if, if Tampa Bay got like bounced, like they got bounced by CBJ last year and they got rolled over. Yeah. Um, but it, they're still an ama- a, you know, a, one of the, the best teams in the league on paper. So they didn't want them winning, having a chance to win the first overall pick. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's not perfect, but it's, it's the one we've had for the, this is the, this current formats we've had since, uh, what 2016 right where they made minor tweaks that was just really just to the how they weigh the odds and uh i don't have it in front of me but i i did see that like the the last place team where they finished in the last six drafts and i think the the, the last place team has only picked first overall t- like twice in the last five years or five or six years seasons i should yeah. say yeah um, and but you know what honestly it's like it was good because they i think they they asked steve eiserman uh last right after it they're like well oh man like you know and he's like hey we knew like we had to sign off on this to return to play like every gm knew what you know that's the thing the gms knew what they were signing up for but i don't the fans don't necessarily of of those teams that they're they're you know i know uh detroit fans are probably irate right now um and i'd imagine ottawa senators fans too because they had two cracks at it and they didn't get it but you know, hey, LA is LA is is sitting pretty. They're very happy, you know. Well, so. I, I like what you know Detroit said, saying, "Well, we only had a twenty percent chance of getting it, so the odds, yeah, of the, us getting the it, other teams collectively were, had a better chance and, than they did, and that's true, right?" So, so you know, it's it's one of those things where, the, yeah, they may have the best odds, but they're also stacked against everybody else. So, you know. They're, I mean, obviously they're guaranteed a top four pick and they got four, but you know, you, like you said, Ottawa had two cracks at it and, and they didn't get it and a random team won it. I mean, look at LA, LA, you know, 
really is the winner, the true winner of this entire lotto. Uh, and then yeah, easiest spot. Yeah. And, and they, they might even, you know, I mean, not to, to tangent, but like Lafreniere gets picked and they decide to pick Byfield. I mean, there is a chance that he could win all said it if, if they don't pick Tim Stutzel, I guess. Mm-hmm. But if they pick him, then there's a chance that down the line he could be better. And, uh, you know, I know they say that every year, but it's usually just kind of like a, it's just kind of a throwaway line. You know, people even said about Kako, but I don't, I don't necessarily uh, see it, but I do definitely think Byfield has the potential to be better than Lafreniere. So yeah, they have the easiest, uh, they have the easiest job on draft day. Yeah. Sitting pretty right now. Yeah. So, but also another question I wanted to ask you about this is sure. that, you know, how many teams going into this season, obviously before COVID, did you think had a legit shot to win a Stanley cup? Uh, let's see. And I'm trying to erase some of the stuff that happened in the regular season because a lot of teams, uh, some teams actually really surprised me. You know, I thought obviously Tampa had they come back. Um, I didn't, I initially didn't think Columbus, but you know, they, they didn't really miss a beat because, you know, and uh, Merzlikens has been amazing for them and Tortorella's done a good job. Uh, you know, I thought, um, Pittsburgh, if they stayed healthy, or, you know, as long as they have Malkin and Crosby, they're gonna they're gonna be in the mix. Uh, and yeah, I mean, really, you know, St. Louis, I definitely thought could could repeat. And but other than, and and Ve- I honestly, I thought Vegas would Vegas be, and Boston. So like Vegas and Boston, yeah. like five, so like four or five. Teams, yeah, five, right? teams. five, five teams being generous. I think. And six is and sure. and that's to the point that the guy was making on you know the NHL radio. Also, is that. You know, we really do punish the teams that are kind of stuck in the middle. And he said it's yeah. a lot harder to get out of the middle than it is to get out of the bottom. Because, you know, you're going to be drafting high. You're going to be selling off your assets. You can really take control and improve your team. But when you're stuck in the middle and you're really not ever adding anything to your, you know, uh, um, you know, to your youth and you're not growing your players and, and you know, you're stuck with some contracts like the Minnesota Wild. It's a lot tougher for them who there is a team that you would argue is stuck in the middle. They're really going to have to collapse in order for them to, you know, bring some youth into their team. And, you know, they're older. Like it's going to be tougher for them. It's a longer road for them to win the Stanley Cup than it would be for Detroit. And I know that like people might disagree with that. But from like being a, a general manager and an owner, like it's a lot easier when you're now drafting fourth overall. And then Minnesota, who's really not going to, who might get a good pick, but it's only one. And they're stuck with an older team with some bad contracts. It's just a mess. The teams in the middle should have a chance to re- get rewarded as well, too, which is what the guy was saying, because it, it does suck for them. Um, you know how the Rangers were always stuck in that right outside the the playoff picture for all those years, you know, they were floating around that eighth spot, ninth spot, and they just seemed to never be good. And they had to buy their way into the playoffs pretty much if they wanted a shot. So um, that was a, another part that he was saying too, which made a lot of sense. And it kind of, it kind of made me happy that all this has happened because it br- does bring up, you know, the conversation of, you know, do they really need the lotto system? Because I, I think they should do the lotto system. And I think it should be more even for the bottom half teams to have a crack at that number one pick. Yeah. And I mean, even if you're looking at the teams that have won the cup in the last few years, um, I mean, St. Louis, there's not a, 
there's not a a first or second over or third even overall pick on that team if I'm if I think if I have my my math right. Um, obviously the Capitals had o- Ovechkin and and Pittsburgh had uh, um, you know Malkin and Crosby, but like L.A. I think you know Dowdy's a second overall, so he's not. A, there's no first round. Boston there was no first round. You know they're there you can argue that the the three you know their top line and the best players on their team including and even including chara like they're all, they were all like but you know anywhere from like higher in the later in the first to like the third round and you know and so it's just not again it doesn't guarantee you anything i mean you know especially some like it's just it's like yeah i think people just get mad philosophically excuse me i have mush mouth philosophically but not when they when you really look at it it's not it's just not a it's not a big deal and like you said it's so much harder to escape uh mediocrity you know these contracts you know what i mean so yeah it's it's like it's if minnesota loses and they end up getting you know uh you know i'd be happy for right? them because they need to they need something they need to either flame out or they need to to start getting over get have a late push Right. And the only way they're going to get that, they can't really sign another big time player. So they're going to need a a young all star. And who knows if you'll be able to get that from the draft where where you're drafting in the middle of the pack, because, you know, although this draft class is very good, you know, you, you know, there's there's impact players on the top three, four, maybe five players that can will probably be impact players. But after that, you know, who knows what you're gonna get? Yeah, man. I mean, this draft, I would really say it's it's that it's pretty much in the the only surefire bets are probably within the first five picks. Surefire, that's surefire. There, I mean, surefire to be like to at least be a be something. And then honestly, after that, there's like there's a lot of talent in this draft, but it's a lot of like high risk, high reward talent. Maybe a little bit so, you know, last year you had all those uh, U.S. national development players and you had a little bit more maybe safer, less upside, but, you know, but still good players. You know, your, your Trevor Zegras's and, um, you know, like a bunch of those. Uh, yeah, just a bunch of those guys that went from like 10 to 20. But this year, Lafreniere obviously should be able to step in next year and be a one of the better players in the NHL. Uh, but, you know, his over, his ultimate upside, too, is... You know, he's kind of like he can be a little bit better Jonathan Huberto, I think. I think he could be a a 70 to potentially 80 point winger, maybe more, you know, who knows, um, as Panarin showed this year. But yeah, he'll be an elite winger, but he's not a number one center. He But he can control play from the wing, but he's not, you know, he's not uh, he's not McDavid. He's not uh, Sidney Crosby. Uh, he's not Austin Matthews, I don't think, you know, just only because he's a winger. And I just don't think he's as a uh, talented overall player, but uh, yeah, I mean, outside of, and yeah, even in within that, there's so many talented guys, but you know, some of Rossi's small and Perfetti can't skate and mm-hmm. like uh, Stutzla. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's like, there's really never, there's so like even Kako had, you know, who's had trouble this season. It's just not, you're there. You're not really assured anything. So um, it's just, yeah. I mean, it's much much ado about nothing as usual with NHL fans. It's like we're getting closer, and just from the league is ecstatic about this, obviously, because the intrigue now around this playing round and the fact they get to do another right after it, they'll have eyes on another uh, draft lottery. 
uh, you know, that second lottery is great. I mean, for them anyway. I know fans are might think it's stupid or it's a, saying it's like a it's like a blemish and a bad look, but they don't. They're ecstatic. Oh yeah, I mean, especially if it's uh, Montreal Canadiens, uh, you know, New York Rangers. Like, if it's one of those bit like bigger market original six teams, like Chicago. Like, you know how like people will go absolutely n- crazy, like absolutely nuts if one of those teams win, because you know they're gonna say it's fixed if that's the case. Yeah. Um, but it's good for the league. Like, I mean, McDa- how much money? Like when McDavid went to Edmonton. You know, I'm sure Gary was secretly wasn't that happy about that. That's the biggest thing is that it, it's everyone keeps saying it's fixed. If it's like if it's fixed, he wouldn't be in a market that doesn't that doesn't drive good television revenue for them. Like it, he would have been in Chicago, Boston or L.A. or or even Buffalo, a place that does good numbers and can you know really drive uh, you know, just endorsement for in the U.S. You yeah. know what I mean, and yeah. just they can use as a, a an American uh yeah, just they can prop up as like you know an American big market American team. So, so, so yeah, Lafreniere going to. I'd be pissed if he becomes a Blackhawk, but it would be you know it would be pretty dope. Him playing with Patrick Kane would be amazing, and it would be good for him. It'd be good for the league. So, yeah, absolutely. And okay, so for those people that don't know, the Rangers play a playing uh, round best of three against the Carolina Hurricanes. If they lose that is it round, best of five? I it was best oh, I'm sorry. Five. Best of five. You yeah. Have to win gotta, yeah. You yeah, have to yeah. win three. Sorry. Um, That's right. And then they, if they lose, they'll have a 12 and a half percent chance at the first yes. overall. That's correct. Okay. And that's pretty much even across the board with the other, what would there be? Eight teams. Yeah. So, right. Okay. Cause they're, or no, is it, is it, uh, Set is it seven teams? I'm I for whatever. Who knows? I can't remember. I can't even. It the one thing I will say that people are correct is that you know you keep seeing the quote that if your fans can't understand it, it's not a good idea. I mean, these are extenuating circumstances. Things have been changed and tweaked so much, but um, yeah. But in a nutshell, it's like every team would have a twelve point five percent chance. Okay, so with all right, so I mean that. Wait, so 12.5 and 12.5. So wait, if you win the first round, do you have a chance at it? No, it's only the teams that do not advance to the plan. So all those teams that got buys are not involved in it. So like no Boston, Boston can't win it. Um, it's only the teams that are in the in the play in round. So, um, okay. So yeah, the 12 and a half, that would make sense. There's got to be eight teams then. Yeah, there's eight teams. Okay. 12.5. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, so they basically have a one in eight chance of getting this first overall pick. Realistically, yeah, they're not gonna. Are. They're not. Yeah, I mean those odds are great, but realistically, they're not gonna get it. So no. So then they would fill in the gaps between where it, it would be the nine, ten. I believe. Yeah, they, they basically that's what those that's from pick. Uh, try and pull up. Is it eight? to like yeah it's technically my, eight my, to 16 yeah I, I skipped coffee today so you have to forgive me and i believe but that eight the is team taken. doesn't so it'll be nine to 16 plus one. nine to 16 yeah and i believe that those teams uh what the team the team that doesn't win first overall every other team then i think they get reverse seeded in terms of point percentage from how from when the pause happened uh um and during the regular season Okay. Yeah. So the Rangers, if they lose but don't win, I think 
I'm trying to think of what teams I don't have in front of me, what teams were in front of them. Uh, Chicago had less points than them. Oh, let me just go to Reddit because Reddit, Reddit always has these things. Uh, sorry. Um, do, 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 do. No, I got it. So Montreal will be below them. And Chicago should be below them, definitely, right? I think it's she, she, uh, Rangers were yeah five Rangers were five sixty four so it would be Chicago, Arizona, Minnesota, of the course, Panthers at Winnipeg, and uh yeah and the Panthers. Wait, no, Win- Winnipeg finished with oh, no. eighty. I, but I don't. Here's the thing: I don't know if it's one of those things where because some teams played more, if they're just going to adjust it from there. There's there's a lot there's a lot of of rules, unfortunately. So yeah, and we don't know who who's going to win. I mean, obviously you got to yeah, so you got to root make- for all the underdogs to win. You know, if the Rangers then also win, or no, I'm sorry, you'd want to root. <laughs> I don't know what I'm rooting for, but all I know is that you would want the underdogs to win if the Rangers also lose, because then the Rangers would be then at the bottom of that list. Well, I, I mean, so obviously as it comes to the first overall pick, everyone has the same chance no matter what happens. Or, But uh, the only way if if they, for whatever reason, the season is canceled outright, mm-hmm. then I believe it's it's I I'm not sure if uh if everyone has the same odds. I'd imagine yeah, man. I they've made it very difficult to figure this out, unfortunately. It's all right. And I keep getting them mixed up. But for in an I think in a nutshell that uh if everything goes to plan, the teams that don't don't progress in the play-in rounds those teams each have equal odds to win the first overall and and the teams that don't will then be reverse seeded by terms of point percentage when from when the pauses they'll probably have a cutoff game you know if there's a if one team has played one less game than everyone else they'll probably cut that off and just seed it by point percentage so um yeah and then i guess so on then it'll seed uh, as the playoffs technically play out then it'll kind of seed more traditionally yeah, I, so I mean, it'll be uh, a lot of fun. And then, if they said if there is no season and they do have to cancel, what? Then they they'll just the the bottom teams are just represented then by point. Um, yeah, I think it's only still the teams. It's not every team. It would be. I think it would just be the teams. Uh, still in that from eight to technically eight who haven't who obviously weren't in the first lottery and then from would you say nine to 15 or what whatever nine to 16 yeah i think it would be those teams again uh i and i don't know if they would do it based i I, the only thing i'm not sure about that is whether or not the odds still remain even or if that then they they do the odds and i think the odds then are would be based on points percentage based from the time the season was paused. Damn. That's going to be wild that they canceled the season because that. Yeah. Well, I mean, have they officially, uh, you know, obviously that we, we, it seemed like it was a borderline lock for one of the hubs to be in Vegas. Now we know that's not the the chance, Uh, but the it's Edmonton and Toronto are, are rumored to be the, Oh, McKenzie even just said, barring any last-minute changes, uh, Vancouver, you know, 
and we have seen some of those, Vancouver and Las Vegas, the two hub cities will be Edmonton and Toronto. Obviously, the numbers in the U.S. and Vegas uh, especially have uh, scared off the league, and rightfully so. So they're going with the safer option. Edmonton is like proposed to build a giant biodome around uh, the arena and the, the nearby facilities. So apparently the league like that. So. Yeah, and listening to NHL Network, they also broke down the cost and oh, with the exchange rate, yeah, which is huge too. Yeah, the NHL would save a ton of money doing this in Canada compared to the United States. So, from a financial point, in which we know why the NHL wants to finish the season is is a, a lot financially related, uh, more so than just you know for the pride of the sport. We know money drives everything. That uh, it would just be easier and. You know, the the amount of money that they save having this thing in Canada is tremendous. And it just right now, I think it's just a no brainer. You know, the, listen, the COVID put aside for now, I mean, saving money, you know, across the league is probably really important and probably the number one factor that they're looking into, considering it's really not 100 percent safe anywhere. So yeah. and and you obviously listening to NHL Network, everything is pro Canada there. So. Uh, they were all gun ho about it and very happy that, you know, Canada will have the two spots. Yeah. James and I are, we're recording this on a, a Thursday and uh, to come out Monday, you should be listening to this on Monday morning. And uh, it sounds like that the league and the NHLPA will be finalizing a tentative deal uh, with the CBA extension and their return to play. And one of the big things is they, they use this, the, the NHLPA did anyway, they use this as a chance to push NHL participation back through, which makes sense. Like, you know, they, the league, the players aren't, you know, they're not a hundred percent unanimous about returning. You mm-hmm. know, a lot of them have concerns, family, safety, whatever, you know, uh, money, all these things, you know, some players don't want to take the, take a huge hit. Other players, uh, don't care they care more about the safety of their families but they've used this opportunity to push nhl participation back on so it sounds like the the league will definitely be participating in the next winter olympics so yeah it's fun i'm an olympics guy you know there's some people who hate the i was not not to put anyone calling anyone the carpet but in in our uh, hockey podcast network slack i was talking with some of the other hosts and apparently they all don't like the Olympics and they all think the NHL, like they're also worried about players getting hurt. And I'm, my response to this is what is wrong? Like it's the Olympics. I, I mean, I understand it's like, Oh, we're, we're, we're competing for a cup. And one of our first line center, like ha- breaks his femur in competition. Yeah, that sucks. But I mean, it's a, am- I love getting to root for players that are not on my team. Like I love that. Like I get to well, root for Eichel and Patrick Kane and Matthews and yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. So if you're, if you're one of those people that are like, Oh, like if you agree with the owners on the Olympics, uh, I would, I would ask you to re uh, rethink your, your priorities a little bit. Well that, and also the, everyone know the Olympics is not like a physical game. So it, it's more or less more of a skill set game. You have a lot of all-stars that don't make a living banging bodies. So, uh, like, you're saying, like, it's not like they're going to face up against the St. Louis Blues or the Boston Bruins, two teams that, you know, like to physically, you know, manhandle the, their opponents. Like, it's a, it's a less physical game. Uh, 
it i do believe i mean i don't know if there's any changes on the rink size for olympics i know a lot of people are going into an nhl sized arena yeah uh, or or, or at least size. or high or hybrid ice which is you know only a smidge bigger yeah know, but um, it's just a little bit more room allows for more of a skating game instead of a you know a physical game so you know i I don't know why you're worried so much about the Olympics. Everyone got so scared because Tavares broke his, what, he broke his leg a few years ago. Oh, my God. It really ruined uh, the Islanders' potential cup run in in 2013, whatever the hell that was, 2012. I mean, because they were going to do so much. Then you should be preaching for a shortened schedule, too. What happens if game 78, you know, Steven Stamkos broke his leg? Like, this shit happens. And, like, just because it happens not in an nhl game it's 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 bad like he'd be playing hockey anyway right it's not because it didn't happen on your rink doesn't mean it's just like there's no it's not like there's extra uh they're at greater risk you know if anything i would think because of the size that the less contact they're probably i think they're probably safer right Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's hard to quantify, but I would think that in general, you know, maybe you could figure out the amount of in, like injuries that have taken place on at the Olympics and per whatever. Uh, yeah, if anything, I understand maybe you're like, oh, it like hurts our momentum because they have to like fly that and, I can un- and they come That come I back. can understand. The momentum yeah. thing, I absolutely can understand. But at the same time, you're talking about it's once every four years, there's a tournament where you get to see the best players in the world for your country come together and play together and not to mention how amazing is it for the sport of hockey that is really trying to, you know, extend olive branches around the world. There's nothing better than the Olympics to bring everyone in this country together, everyone in the world together to, you know, watch a great sport, a great competitive sport where, you know, when you go into the Olympics, there's legit eight teams that could, that could win it. Yeah. In, and, you know, you saw it last Olympics where, you know, the U.S. had a second secondary team basically going there. You know, yeah. it was exciting, but like it just didn't it wasn't right. You know what I mean? No. And but that's the thing is that in watching the 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 women's Olympic team beat Canada, it was huge because, you know, it was the two best teams. Right. But yes, then absolutely. as as opposed to that, you had, you know, the Olympic athletes of Russia who for the most part, you know, had a lot of KHL pros. So they, they definitely had a, uh, had the best talent for, on paper mm-hmm. uh, and they won, you know, rightfully so. Although Germany gave them quite a, Rock, gave them yeah, a hard, was- hard task, but uh, yeah, it's to your point, James is absolutely right. Is that it's like, it's just, it's just knowing that this is a legit best on best, like super teams tournament is awesome. You know, the world, the world cup, the NHL world cup, like, yes, is I enjoy that too, for the same reason. It's, it's cool. Uh, and yeah, I guess it's like, I don't hear all this outrage about the world cup. Yeah. You know, it just, because I guess for whatever reason, it's just, they look at it as Olympic hockey is different and outside of the NHL, which is, you know, uh, yeah, that, stupid. Yeah. I, I, the, so the only thing I have to say about the Olympics is can the USA figure out the jerseys L- last last? Yeah. Oh, my God. Can, can we just stick to our colors and not do like the the weird shapes? I know that was like the theme within the Olympics, but come on now. Like Canada gets it right. Sweden gets it right. All these countries, they they get it right. And the U.S. seems to always botch the USA jerseys. I, I don't know. Yeah. Just literally steal the, the, the World Junior USA jerseys, which is borderline perfect. Yes. 
Absolutely. Um, but anyway, uh, you know, going into, I guess, some New York Rangers news, uh, you know, Kraftsoff is now, I guess he's practicing with the team um, and going to get a legit shot. I haven't heard any details, and I'm not going to lie. I haven't really looked for it uh, with the details of roster expansions or anything like that going into this. Like, how many yeah, are you I mean, allowed to invite to camp, and how many are you allowed yeah. to roster after that? There's been a lot. They, I don't know if they've made anything definitive. I know uh, Wild fans are pissed because Kirill Kaprizov can't, uh, apparently can't join them, but he's not under contract by them. So it's like he's technically there, a prospect of theirs, but because he has not signed an ELC because he was playing in the KHL, mm-hmm. uh, apparently it's like he won't be able to sign and play. Uh, same thing with Sorokin for the Islanders um, and you know whoever, you know I guess Alexander Romanov for Montreal. But um yeah, but you know, I uh, Vitaly Kravtsov was in the AHL. He can, he can, uh, he will be. I forget. I don't know what the, the the roster size is, like you had mentioned. But you know, he's eligible to compete. Uh, uh, I mean, a lot of teams, I'm sure, have uh, who have inked uh, some of their prospects to ELCs. Um, they will definitely be playing in the in the playoffs. You know, I'm sure the Toronto's got like some Marlies that'll jump up and all this other stuff, but. Uh, it should be interesting. Um, you know, I think an interview came out with Kraftsov actually, I think a, a week and a half ago or a week ago, and it was in Russian. And because it's in Russian, some things sound pretty curt and people, uh, you know, he basically says that like his communication with him was usually through his agent and the team. And, you know, his agent would say, Hey, the team says this. And then like he said, there wasn't a lot of direct line of communication let he said things were great one day and then just one day they're like all right we're sending you down with like little instruction and then he goes down and his ice time goes and he's like you know i know he's like i understand i didn't make the team but he's like i just felt like from the get-go i wasn't getting a shot and they weren't liking you know so but you know he so he defended what he he did but then whatever he came back and he says it it was going better and he but he didn't blame any anyone he says one of those situations that's kind of like you know i don't think it was at fault just kind of how it played out so I don't know. So I, I saw like a lot of Rangers fans on were using it to like, you know, con- continue with the that the, the stupid like, oh, he's such a baby, you know, stuff or he's entitled and this and that. And, you know, he was like, he was playing in the KHL second best it's professional league, second best league in the world. So he wanted an opportunity and it's that's a viable option for him. So, you know, this whole like you have to come over here and pay your dues is like, no, he could stay in the KHL and make some good money if he wants to. Uh, I don't want him to, I want him to be a ranger. And I think he wants to be a ranger, but it's just, it's so funny that it's like, you know, you know, people kind of equate it to it's like that you absolutely have to come here and eat shit. And I, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, but whatever he he's, he's excited. He says he's been, he's kept skating, uh, and now he's he's at home. He's going to quarantine. I think he arrived a few days ago, so he's had to he has to self quarantine for a week. But then he can join the team at uh, I th- what I guess training camp starts. They're going to say like the thirteenth, right? So then he can join them then um, or earlier if his if he's done if he gets cleared for on ice workouts. I don't know how if there's a player limit there, but uh, Leah Sanderson also said he is not he won't be joining the team for this postseason run. It's, next season's not out of the question, but uh, you know I. He might, I think, if he's considering 
I think the SHL will definitely have a better chance of uh, starting up on time with little to no delays than the NHL next season. So that seems like a, if you're someone who's trying to have an NHL career in general, I think it's a smarter thing for him. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely for sure. Uh, yeah, why come over for like a sure bet? Now you're stuck here for, you flew over here for no reason. You put yourself at risk. Uh, and then you got to fly home just to, for uh, something, something that's not a sure chance. So yeah, who knows? Because uh, I know Larry came out and said that like he kind of made it sound like Leo Anderson was not long for the Rangers. But then I think Carpinello and other people reached out and they're like, that's not the case. He's like, the Rangers still control his fate. They can send him where they want to send him. He can play for whatever team they want him to play for. Uh, so yeah, who knows? So I'm still not sure if he, if he becomes a Ranger, but for the time being, it's much ado about nothing. And people are like, if if anyone's mad that he didn't want to come over to try to like with considering everything that's happened to try to slug it out for a, a chance to make it to like for the postseason roster uh in a in the during the covid cup yeah like keep dreaming jesus yeah and and you know look looking at all the question marks going in with all the different leagues like you if you're a young player and you know you're not a shoe in for the nhl it really is smart to solidify you getting a chance to play next season because the AHL is realistically not going to happen. And, you know, a lot of these younger kids, like losing a year of experience and growth is really going to hurt them. And I think just next year in general, being able to find a spot to play is going to be huge. And I'm sure their agents are, are going to, you know, have to make deals and I'm sure leagues are going to have to also alter some things so that, you know, they can release players like it, it's going to be very interesting to see if the AHL has a season next year or, or, you know, if they're going to just cancel altogether, uh, you know, it's just going to be tough, especially if you can't have any fans in, in the stadiums. Uh, Cause that's pretty much how they get all their revenue. But uh, uh, also I wanted to ask you too, what were your thoughts on Panarin's comments with telling the players don't show up until, um, you know, things are negotiated. Uh, you know, I, I am kind of mixed. I like any player who has any sort of, I think his grievances seem to mostly be financial. He just signed a big ticket deal mm-hmm. and he's going to take a considerable hit. And even Ryan Kessler kind of chimed in and was like, you know, I currently have had, you know, two lower body surgeries and I can like barely walk right now. And it's like, uh, you know, with escrow, it's usually there. So those, those owners like to make sure that they, it's basically the players take on all the risk and the owners always end up like reaping the rewards. And now the players are going to put themselves at even greater risk to play just to make sure the owners don't take so much of a financial hit. So I, I understand. And um, I think Greg Wyshynski said after doing some digging, this wasn't something where like he was a puppet for the PA. This is just something that he personally felt. And I'm sure there's players that, were happy about it, who felt the same way. But I also am sure there's players who probably were like, who don't feel the same way, especially if they don't make, uh, if they're in contract years and they haven't gotten paid yet, or they're players that, um, yeah, that they're, that this is their chance to basically, yeah, it's basically to play, to show, to perform and show that they can earn a big ticket contract, even if money is tight, tighter next year, you know, just coming forward in the next few years. So, uh, yeah, I didn't mind it. You know, I like when players stick up for what they believe in. And I don't know if this is this is one of those things where it's necessarily like there's a right or wrong answer, like because everyone complains about escrow, but for different reasons. So 
yeah, I mean, good good on him if he felt it was unjust uh, or he felt that players were, you know, I definitely felt like maybe there's probably some people in the, in the PA that were mad that he was saying like, hey, let's not show up unless they like give us what we want type thing when they were trying, they've been trying to make headroom and headway on this for uh, a while. So yeah. Yeah. I just thought it was interesting to definitely see Panarin. And I, I do like the fact that he seems to be outspoken about things he cares about. You know, he's, he's calling out Putin for being a, being, being a dick. And now he's, he's calling out the, the NHL uh, and the, the owners for, for being greedy. So, you know, I like that. I, I, I like, I like his spirit in this. Yeah. It's weird. Cause I feel like, Rangers never really had that before. Not like that. Like, uh, no, not like an all-star player calling things out and calling the shots, you know? Um, and I also like it cause it won't affect him because he's like one of those, you know, usually this stuff happens and it's like, Oh man, controversy surrounds this player. And then it kind of seems to cheapen. Panarin doesn't give a fuck. He's like, he loves life. He loves his dog. Uh, he loves playing hockey and he's going to say whatever he wants. And then it doesn't matter whatever, whatever ends up happening. He is, he's not going to care. Like he's still going to kick ass. Like, so, you know, I do, I do. The one thing about this whole situation is that it's tough to hold the league hostage on a year where they're just trying to make it work and hang on. Yes. It's not, it's not exactly fair to just, you know, hold, the owner's hostage in a year where, you know, everything's at risk of just totally being canceled. And, you know, they're just trying to make this work. I do think though, in the future, you know, players do feel this way and, you know, I'm not an NHL player as a fan. It really doesn't affect me. Um, But I do understand where they're coming from. I do think they should have those negotiations when the league is, you know, working as normal and not in a year where, you know, there is a lot of money being thrown around just to keep this thing afloat. And there's going to be a lot of hockey players in the, the minors that maybe not won't have a season. And I don't know how it affects their income, but there's a lot that there's a lot at risk here. And, you know, I just think he should keep that in mind. You know what I mean? It'd be a real shame to get this yeah. far and then the players hold the league hostage and, you know, we go back into another month or two of negotiations trying to figure things out, you know. Um, that's just me being a selfish fan and just wanting to see hockey and not the players fucking not show up for camp. Um, no, but makes sense. Yeah, I just, you know, uh, it's just weird having a Rangers say that. And, you know, I just want to see hockey so bad that I'm just like, well, everyone just shut up and play <laughs> for my for my mental uh sake but yeah so rangers are obviously playing carolina uh i think they will have a legitimate chance to to win that series i don't know how they'll fare i think because of their youth they'll be in a really good position to make a run here because i don't know if the the teams that took a lot of time off that are older that have families are going to be mentally like how long it'll take to mentally get into this um, I think the kids will just be so eager to be playing hockey again and we'll have a quicker, easier adjustment coming into this, uh, not having played some competitive hockey. You know, I do think that the Rangers legit could steal a couple series here and make a run. I don't know what your thoughts on that are. No, I feel the same way. I mean, 
it was it kind of almost felt like if they if they somehow made it if if COVID nineteen never happened and they somehow made it in it was going to feel like house money anyway. Mm-hmm. So yeah, now it just kind of feels like that. You have a bunch of young guys that they might not have as much stuff weighing on them, and they now know that hey, we lose, you know, our team maybe get something out of it. Although I don't think they really. They, they really consider that stuff because why would you it's just another person who can take money off of your plate? No, but, but I do think management might. I do think management really right now, it really is playing with house money because yeah, no, I, I def, the, the, the front office is definitely thrilled because you know, a, they've made it into the, the playoffs. So it makes all that all executives look good. You know, they, the team, the scouts are happy because it's like, all right, it kind of buys us some, get some, uh, some pressure off our backs you know it's like oh we've done good identifying these guys whatever heedle and just players acquired and trade and whatever um and yeah and i think at the same time it's like the coaching staff can definitely put forward that that message that like let's not overthink this uh or yeah or make it something like really trying to make it a, a boiler room situation they can just be like hey like we were doing great things so let's continue to do great things and just because we've had success against this team doesn't mean a lick so let's just continue to do learn and let's let's use this as a chance to finally you know and i like the fact that it's like they were almost they were robbed of knowing whether or not they would have make it they feel they would so it's like they kind of have some a little something to prove too if you think about it Mm -hmm. it's like yeah it's like because you know there was people saying like oh well the rangers didn't technically they were technically outside the playoffs but they felt like they were going to make it would would they have i'm not sure i think i feel 50 50 about it but yeah now they can prove it so yeah i just i just i mean outside i'm of concerned for player safeties and i'm concerned for the safety of humanity as a whole with covid but that aside anything that relates to the rangers in this is just kind of gravy because if they even if they embarrass themselves like well now they get a chance at the first overall pick so you know it's great yeah and so, so more new york rangers news too uh article just came out today that david quinn said and this is how i know that this is still reality because this was going on all season long and this isn't a dream we're not going to wake up and, and still be a few points outside of the playoff spot the rangers don't know who they're going to start in the practices as um as their number one goalie yeah, I guess they're gonna have to. They're gonna have to see because Lundqvist has been skating a lot uh, in Sweden. He's had exercise the whole time, so and he's had he's an old and he had a chance to rest up. And we tend to forget that to start the season, he was actually wasn't bad. He was all right. You know, he wasn't he's not wasn't Henrik of old, but he wasn't bad. And his numbers were bearing out pretty well. And Georgiev was all right. So yeah, it's almost like it's nice in the fact that there's competition there too. That you don't get to say it's like well. Igor was, yeah, and he won. But now come training camp, all these guys get to kind of use this as a chance. They're not, they don't, they want to make the most of, of their time and risking, risking all this. So they're going to do it. Yeah. I, you know, my thought process is that, um, you know, Hank to start seasons has uh, historically been a little rough and then he finds his groove. I don't know if you have the time to be finding grooves in a best of five uh, playoff series. I think you have to go with Shashurkin and live and die on that hill. If you lose the first game and you want to give Hank a shot, go right ahead. But, you know, uh, I can also see the Rangers just giving Hank one last chance. 
you know, knowing that you really have nothing to lose. Any, if you win this series, it's, you know, icing on the cake, uh, uh, and you've overachieved as an organization. And, you know, if you win, it makes Hank look good. If you lose, uh, you have a shot at the first overall pick and you did exactly what you were probably supposed to do this season with, which was miss the playoffs or, you know, you know, not really be in it. So, um, wh- what would you do? I would probably do that exact thing. Cause you know, I know I'm saying this and yes, there will be competition, but I think you, you go with Igor to start and let's say it's, he loses in, uh, a, a, a decisive fashion if it's it's not even like yeah if he looks if anything like he's like oh man this is not the guy then yeah i think i think georgiev and lundquist have probably earned this earned that chance you know lundquist has been training hard and he's done whatever you've asked and this is kind of like you said this is more house money than anything so i think at that point um yeah why not but again i i i have a feeling that it's going to continue to be the, the Shesterkin and to a lesser extent Georgiev uh, show with as far as Quinn's involved, you know? So, yeah. Cause I don't think he's really attached to Hank, uh, in terms of being loyal, but, um, yeah, clearly, clearly not as, as we've seen from his usage, which is tough. I think it, t- it t- honestly it takes, it took, I, I know he had the, probably had the organization's blessings, but you know, if you think about it, it takes cojones to do that. I don't, I don't know if a lot of coaches would have, would have not used Hank, uh, in the way Quinn kind of stepped away from him this season and just said, Hey, like these is, this is how it shook out. So I get, I honestly, I give him credit for that. Cause that's, you know, doing that to franchise player, it, it, the optics can be tough sometimes. So, yeah. So it'll it's be hard to handle, but, but in fairness, he, he has said that Hank has handled everything, you know, with uh, dignity and gravitas. So, yeah. I mean, to wrap things up though, I just expect uh, articles to come out pretty much once a week. Yeah, uh, people asking, uh, you know, who's going to be the starting goaltender and uh, Quinn being like, this is a tough, you know, it's very competitive. All three are proven to be starters right now. And you'll just see that over and over and over again. And yeah, so no, yeah. <laughs> probably like two, like two or three days before, uh, you know, the, ga- the first game and he'll make an announcement, <laughs> but yeah, we'll also see in practices too, who will get the number one, yeah. uh, shots. So, all right. Anything else? That's uh, great to be back and I'm yeah. glad uh, we got to, you know, just kind of talk through everything and instead of just, you know, sending random texts every once in a while. <laughs> Yeah, no, it, it, it feels good to be to be back. Feels great to actually have hockey related things to talk about. We'll have I'm sure we'll have a lot to talk about as we the information about what's happening with uh, training camp trickles in. And like just like you said, all the articles, I'm sure Larry's going to have a couple gems come out in the post before the this playing round actually starts. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it looks like we're finally straight. I think training camps are slated to begin the 13th. So when you're listening to this, it'll be sometime, uh, yeah, within the next two weeks. So that'll be great. And we'll have more players are currently funding, funneling in from around the world and they're going to quarantine themselves and be back. So, um, yeah, James, I'm happy, excited to be back to talk hockey with you. And I guess just to sign off today, uh, it's not Rangers related, but you know it's a good story. Uh, Flyers prospect Oscar Lindblom uh, announced that he's officially cancer free. So there's a nice video of him ringing, ringing bell. the bell at the yeah, you know, which is which is awesome. And uh, obviously, fan you know with the fandom aside, that it's uh, great. It's great to see that he is cancer free and that um, 
and excited for his career to get back on track because he, by all accounts, he's you know a very impressive and uh, uh, wonderful young man. So yeah, so I guess we can wrap this one off by saying it's Oscar season. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.